and you're back with Shouldn't You Be Working. It's Sam Peck and Mark Hellings. And we are ready. live <laughs> on radio. <laughs> ready to go, as we always are. Yeah, well, it's, you're listening to Shouldn't You Be Working. It's the show where we interview people with interview, uh, interesting jobs to f- find out if the reality meets the expectation. Yeah, I think that's, that's generally good. the concept, isn't it? Good and synopsis. this week, we have DJ Mongo, uh, a Southampton-based producer who's played alongside Jamie Jones and various other very well-known DJs like Carl Cox and Pete Tong. Oh, that is cool. Which is quite cool. Um, and he'll be talking in the second hour about what it's like to be a DJ. You know, what, what's it like behind the scenes? Is it all party, party, party? Or is it all snooze, snooze, snooze? Snooze, yeah. Well, we find out it's 50-50. Yeah, but this episode... <laughs> yeah, we literally do. Just That's a cut but straight ahead of it. What? <laughs> but the theme of, it's not DJ-specific, is it? It's clubs in general, right? Exactly. It's going to be more youth clubs. Metal, cl- like baseball clubs. Seal clubbing. Seal clubbing. That's what we're really here to address today. We are. And, you know, it's a heavy-hitting issue. So, sending your texts and tweets. Nice pun. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> Was there a tweet? <laughs> heavy-hitting heavy issue. Uh, Hitting a seal with a club, mate. <laughs> not, my bad. I'm not on the game train today. Um, but, what did you do last night, Mark? Uh, well, I, I mean, I didn't go clubbing. I was at a house party. I haven't been to a house party in a while. Made me feel young again. When was the last time you went clubbing? I didn't actually, I mean, this is just a useless radio show for me, isn't it? Because I just don't, I don't really think I go, like, clubbing, inverted commas, with my fingers. Have you ever been clubbing? I've never been to, like, I've been to XOY, eh? Yeah. That's decent, right? That is actually quite a good one, yeah. Yeah. I, I went there and I saw uh, Honey Dijon, which is the Honey. greatest name for a DJ, and it was a drag night and it was amazing. I, do, I just, but I didn't like it, though. I didn't. What, what don't you like about clubbing? I didn't, I mean, uh, it's, just, it's just the music, isn't it? It's the EDM. I mean, it's, what, it's whatever the DJ that we're interviewing does. It's just, uh, don't like it. Oh, right. So you just don't <laughs> like what this whole show's going to be around. No, because I like the other part, which is <laughs> the clubbing of the seals, but also... <laughs> <laughs> the youth clubs. <laughs> the youth clubs. Uh, beavers and Scouts. And that's what we'll be addressing first. Yeah. The beating of Beavers and Scouts. Yeah. The <laughs> no. beatings of Beavers and Scouts by their masters. Exactly. Which doesn't happen. So Wandsworth Radio does not condone that and just to say we're, we're a man down today aren't we yeah, yeah well you're back on the mic you've got what you wanted you're steering the desk I'm ske- steering the desk and you know what I don't, I'm, I'm pretty terrified because I haven't done it for ages now and yeah. like someone was like by the way the levels are all over the place today and I was like I don't know what that means <laughs> yeah so be, I'm just going to turn the volume up and hope <laughs> I'm pretty certain I'm going to need to turn this thing a lot louder because <laughs> I can't hear myself like it's not making my ears hurt and I haven't, I haven't even had any chocolate mate uh? oh that's not I true. gave you some melted stuff earlier yeah and had a Mars bar yeah, that was gross. That had been at the bottom of your bag for like three months so it looked like it was growing something. I know. But what we'll do is we'll kick off with a song and then we'll dive into some youth club-related banter. Yeah. Yeah. And chocolate club biscuits. I just thought about that. Nice. We'll talk about all these club-related things. So stick around for two hours of Shouldn't You Be Working with me, Sam Peck, and... Mark Ellings. On Wandsworth Radio. Wandsworth. Mark Ellings, is oh. your finger on the button? You ready to galvanise some chat? Ooh, and that was... Chemical Chem- Brothers, is it? With 
Galvanise. Yes. Nice. Bam, bam, bam. I lost my mind to Chemical Brothers at Glastonbury. That was... Two years ago. That song, uh, that was when Top of the Pops was ending, coming to an end, but that song made it to number one when Top of the Pops existed. Really? And I remember watching it, and that's the only Chemical Brothers song I think I like. Yeah. Do they do any other no, they've big got bangers? No, they've got a couple other really good songs, like the Hey Salmon Boy. Salmon Dance. Do they hey do girl. Th- oh yeah. Superstar Did they DJ. do the salmon dance? Yeah, and that's also a huge Absolute tune. Yeah. Anthem for salmon and everyone else. But we're gonna come on to some re- uh, youth club related chats in a second. But first things first, our texter today, which always ruses such incredible response. <laughs> yeah. That it's, I can't even keep control of the exactly. amount of text we and tweets that we're getting Twitter. in. <laughs> um, and, and to get that kind of uh, input is amazing from you guys, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the texter and tweet today is, what's the most expensive drink you've ever bought in a club? Mm. And the only reason I say that is because this Friday, I 100% bought the most expensive drink I've ever bought. Where were you? So me and Lucy went on a delayed Valentine's date night so, yeah, um, and it was lovely went to Roka a very expensive Japanese restaurant and <laughs> very expensive no no <laughs> it was very expensive place it was just very expensive it was very nice but it was also eye-wateringly expensive and so we were like just whilst we were there it was, it was like a really cool place in Mayfair so it was well expensive yeah um, and we had ordered like a few little nibbly things like some sushi and all this jazz and then at the end we were like have we missed anything like that you would 100% say we should get to the waiter oh yeah and the waiter was like you should actually get this like sashimi like watercress with truffle oil it's amazing and I was like I don't even know why I was just like yeah it sounds good oh I was trying to be big balls yeah and I literally (laughs) was like that's fine happy with that and then Lucy just said that was £20. Whoa. And it came, and I promise you, it was like the same size. Uh, it was like see-through. It was like eating contact lenses. Was it worth it? No, of course of not. Course it was it £20 for, for like like truffle oil contact lenses. Yeah. And let's face it, for like 20 quid, you could get yourself the nicest pizza in the world. Oh, my God, you the could get biggest. like two. You could go to Domino's. <laughs> you could have an absolute session at Domino's. You could get like a firm, like a feed for four at Domino's. You get like a little garlic bread, a medium yeah. pepperoni, Whoa. and kickers. <laughs> and chicken kickers, bruh. <laughs> chicken kickers. Available at 9 99 no, um, <laughs> But no, I was furious. But anyway, so that wasn't it, even yes. it. But we went. But the drink, bruh. Yeah, the drink. Bruh. drink. Yeah, the drink. Come on, stick lab. But this is it. So we then went to this other hotel cocktail bar in Mayfair. Because we were like, we'll just have a fancy night. Who are you? I don't know. We've never done Gatsby. it before. <laughs> yeah, just swinging a cane. <laughs> Let there be champagne. Um, but we were uh, going to this place, the Cognort or something like that, the Cognort. It's like Claridge's sister restaurant. It was voted the, the best restaurant. Uh, the sister hotel was voted the best hotel in London. I'm going to never do this usually, by the way. I'm usually at Weatherspoons. Um, I went there, went to the back of the bar, saw the cocktail menu. And we were like, oh, that's expensive. Yeah. I'm not going to say any prices right now because I'm going to make you guess how much yeah. this drink cost me. Cool, that's expensive. You know what? Why don't we both just get a and t instead? Mm. Delicious. Don't, I don't know if one's with that anyway. Uh, I was like, delicious. I'll have it. It was a really big drink as well. It wasn't like a tiny one. Yeah. Bill comes after chilling there for about an hour. And it was a wicked bar, like quite fancy and stuff. How much do you think two G&Ts cost? Two G&Ts? Yeah. Well, I think it, uh, nine pound per G and T, so eighteen pounds in all. All right, it's not that. It was forty six pounds. Are you insane? <laughs> I am not joking. It was eye wateringly expensive. That is 
unbelievable. There's like having you on. I know, it, it was literally madness. Like, I saw the bill and I was like... Did you ask? <laughs> I would have been like, there must be a mistake. Well, the thing is, we went and I looked at the... I didn't. I left out the cocktail thing because that would have probably put you onto the right track. But even it wouldn't because the cocktail was £18. So you got stu- you stung yourself. I stung myself. We both stung each other. Literally, it was like, wow, £23. That's insane. I mean... I can't, yeah, I just can't get over that. Was it even, I mean, what was the gin? Uh, it was Hendrix. I mean, it must but have been that, like under a quid to make. But the, the thing is, Hendrix is, is good quality gin, but it's not, you know, a bottle of gin that was found on the Titanic. Yeah, exactly. You know, like... Or like milked out of a gin goat of some kind. Yeah, like a Arabian gin goat that are like <laughs> one in a million. Yeah. To actually take the gin from the goat is like sacrilege. Yeah, you have to like climb a mountain and <laughs> yeah. like charm it down with a flute. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. <laughs> gin goat. And the uh, next day the hangover is you just don't have one. Yeah. There's just a, yeah, it's just, and you just dream of the goat. <laughs> yeah, forever. Yeah. And that's the curse. Yeah. You fall in love with the, the gift. The gift and the curse is that <laughs> yeah. you'll never experience the goat again once you've had it. Oh, God. An opiate for the masses. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I was, you said, like, what's the most expensive drink? I mean, I felt like I was going to murder someone when I had to pay £6.90 for a pint on my Friday Valentine. Because £6.90. £6.90 for a like, pint. And they were like, that we because uh, Charlotte got a gin and tonic, and they're like, "That be fifteen quid, mate." And I was like, "This is getting insane." <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> sir, you draft the line. I was like, "London is literally losing their minds yeah. because when I'm paying six pound ninety, and it was disgusting, and worst of all, was it a gamma ray or something? Like that? It was a craft beer. Was it craft? It was yeah. craft. But then um, I had a I had a block nose, so I couldn't taste it. <laughs> Pointless, mate. Might as well got a car link. I, was, I got angry, and then, but because I, I couldn't taste during the entire Valentine's dinner either, and so I was like, like technically, I could just eat porridge. Yeah, yeah, it's just the sustenance I need here. Tasty gruel. That's <laughs> all you need. <laughs> Instead, I'm like tucking into a steak. Like, mm, this is great. <laughs> this this kind of like texture is really much nicer, <laughs> but I can't have any of the flavors. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I bet this would be nice, but I'll just experience it through Charlotte's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, can you just describe with your face how it is? <laughs> no, not ideal. And the, the other most expensive drink I ever had was in Ibiza. Oh, well, yeah, I was, I was going to ask about that. Yeah, but that was, I'd almost say it doesn't really count because it was just crazy expensive. So my sister's brother, uh, my sister's not brother, my sister's brother is me. <laughs> um, I, I was my speaking to myself the other day. <laughs> yeah, I was sat there in the mirror. Um, but my brother-in-law, I, I, when I was 21, he was like, look, would you like to come to Ibiza? And I was like, look, I haven't got any money. And he was like, don't worry, I'll pay for flights. And I was like, even out there, I will have no money. He was like, look, I'll give you some money to come out. And I was like, you're an absolute hero. <laughs> yeah, but no, absolute legend. It was only for like two nights and went out with them. It was so fun. Um, and we were in, boom, uh, Nicole, Nicole Campbell's? I why are you looking at me like I would know that? Who's the model? Someone on Campbell. Nicole. Is it Nicole Campbell? We'll get back to you. Oh, yeah, 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 I get that. Yeah, yeah, but she has a club. Naomi Campbell. Naomi, Naomi Campbell. Campbell. Nicole, Nicole Campbell. Naomi Campbell's club called Boom. And I was like, okay, fair. I'll go buy a round of drinks to say thank you to Brad. And it was like, okay, bought four like vodka lemonades or something. And I kid you not, it was £150. Oh, are you £150? It was £150. That's 
mental. It was that must have crippled you as well. Oh well, no, that's that's the whole point of the story. I was like, well, that's all my money. <laughs> you know, like I had I had about a hundred quid. I was like, that's everything. I had to ask Brand for money. But isn't like and <laughs> go back over and be like, I need at least thirty quid. Hey, yeah. So I just spent all my cash, and he's like, great, really glad you came. <laughs> yeah, you haven't been a huge hindrance on this event so far. <laughs> but uh, isn't like a bottle of water in Ibiza like thirty quid or something in yeah. Pasha and all that? It's like at least what eight euros so it's it's not 30 but eight, eight euros, euros for a bottle of water is is absolute madness um, insane and that's why we want your most expensive drinks bought in london or in the world or wherever just what's the most expensive drink you've ever bought text in or what? tweet in via at wandsworth radio or at syb working and we'll read your name out and the drink and if yeah. you've got a fun story about it let us know and on that bad boy i think we're gonna have to go to a song oh yeah what we got lined up well, I've got one of my favourite songs of all time at the moment, Snake Hips and Mo oh, with yeah. Don't Leave, and it's the clean version for looking, radio. <laughs> looking forward to that. <laughs> it's going to be good. <laughs> Enjoy. You know me, now and then, I'm a mess, please don't know that against me. I'm a girl with a temper and heat, I know I can be crazy. But I'm not just a f- so I'm the f- you need I don't hear nobody when you focus on me Perfectly imperfect, you're better than me And you're back inside the place with Sam Peck and <laughs> Mark Ellings And you're listening to Shouldn't Be Working, jump, jump, jump Everybody jump, but <laughs> we're going to our next clubbing subject for a little bit, aren't we? Exactly. And that is the clubs of youth. Exactly. And I did go to a youth club, but I didn't go to any of the mainstream ones that most people go to, like Cubs, Beavers, Scouts. But what, what was your, was it a community centre? Mine was what we would call a youth centre. Yeah. For youths. Exactly. You're, <laughs> were you those losers who were just like in their tracky bottoms paying like pool in some church somewhere? Pretty much, but I was going to have trackies on, mate. What do you jeans, have? duffs, duffs and jeans. Duffs and what are duffs? Trainers, Skate, duffs. skaters, mate. Did you have Osiris trainers? Huh? What brand? <laughs> duffs. Duff. Yeah, <laughs> duff is a brand of shoes. I had Osiris trainers when oh, I was Osiris. skating. Who's that? Uh, they were a skate brand. Well, we'll have a look at that in a second. We'll tweet some pictures, even though we never do. <laughs> um, but no, I was wearing duffs, baggy jeans, hoodies. Yeah. You know, general clothes. Did you go to Supreme or Supreme? Skate? You didn't wear Supreme. I was wearing Supreme, you know. No, you will not, because it didn't exist. <laughs> no, you were not. You were a liar. <laughs> um, but you did go to some of these mainstream ones. What were they like? I went to Beavers, and then I graduated in it's, Baptism of Fire into Cubs. <laughs> just quickly, isn't Beavers for girls? No. Uh, well, it is now, because oh. they're open to everyone. <laughs> but back in the day, it was... no. Brownies, Brownies, girls. That's what I was thinking. Beavers yeah. for the geezers. <laughs> 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 and then, when you graduate from being a beaver, it's a weird thing. They throw you under a blue uh, parachute, like it's a lake, and you have to put your jumper on. You have to change out your beaver jumper and put your cub jumper on. Uh, but I got so tangled up in the parachute that they had to stop the ceremony. They're like, "Wait, look who's becoming a cub today!" And I just couldn't uh, get out. And eventually, they're just like, "We're gonna have to call this off because <laughs> this guy's taking too long." Mark, 
Yeah. Uh, I'm stuck in my jumper. I'm scared. I'm stuck in my jumpy. Well, I remember when I went to my youth club. Oh wait, but like, was it fun at least or not? It was. Um, there was this one thing where, at the dawn of the millennium, there was Cub Millennium Camp where all of the Cub groups from around the country went to this field. That's cool. But. It was supposed to be super fun, but have you ever seen like District Nine? <laughs> yeah. It was like absolutely horrible. Like it was just like <laughs> rows and rows of tents, and people like police like patrolling. Like, what are you doing, huh? Get back in your tent. Good to book in your prawns, right? Eh? <laughs> <laughs> just throwing like cans of cat food into the tent. I remember there was so little resources. I had to blow my nose on a bin bag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that and sounds I mean, like a refugee. Camp, it was only mate. two days long, and by the end, it's like I can't wait to get out of this camper. <laughs> when should we make a run for it, <laughs> Ricky? <laughs> and someone new, yeah, new cub group turned up, and they're like, "Ah, oh, son, Ricky, eh? <laughs> you my new, boy now, eh? New blood, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you be mine now." <laughs> yeah. And they're like, "We're all gonna play, go play frisbee," and they're like, "Oh." Yard activities again, huh? Let's make a run for it, bro. <laughs> yeah, use that as a distraction, eh? And I'll get the guards. I'll snap his neck. <laughs> Throw the frisbee at the guards' face and we're out of here. <laughs> Let's go. But maybe we should stop the accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but that that was uh, ridiculous <laughs> because it was, it was like, absolutely horrible. Like, at kind of 4 p.m., like an alarm would go off. Like, <laughs> and it just mean like dinner. And they're like, <laughs> like slop. And you're just, oh. when will this and that was cup how long was it for this it was camp? only two days but it felt like two months <laughs> i remember so i never did any of the mainstream ones but i did like many small ones so i went to this big one called ashby and then i also went to marwell zoo activity center which zoo. is zoo but it was like obviously the big boys at marwell zoo were like how can we make more money and they were like youth clubs <laughs> so they did like a a youth week where you know people would come in and do quad biking and archery and all this and cool. don't be wrong it was Literally the best week of my life. And it ended on one night where everyone came and stayed the night. Yeah. And I just love how, like, in a week when you're a kid, you could make just best mates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because by the end of it, like, me and three other lads had, like, a dictaphone. <laughs> I think it might be four of the lads had a dictaphone. And we were, like, up until what we thought was probably, like, 5 a.m. It was probably literally, like, 9 <laughs> Yeah. Just being like... <laughs> and we'd be, like, wetting ourselves. Your new mates. Taz and Taz. <laughs> Taz, Taz. And I remember the brekkie the next day was world class. And we played dodgeball... And, like, I remember we, the best thing I think I've ever done in my entire life was play Capture the Flag in the woods. Oh, uh, yeah. But, like, you know, when there's, like, proper organisation, there's, like, 40 kids doing it. And, like, some people were taking it incredibly seriously, like, hiding in the trees and stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, that's mad, but I'm very impressed by the commitment. And, you know, that you're, when you're younger, like, you're immune to pain or you just don't care as much. Ten seconds. We'll talk about all this, yeah, after the next track or adverts, is it? I think we've actually got some adverts. If you could just give me five seconds. Yeah, well, can't wait for these commercials uh, about the local storage centre in Wandsworth. So let's go. Oh, that's the news. <laughs> <laughs> There's no news, so we'll just hit go again. There we go. Hey, adverts. Wandsworth Radio. Space, the final frontier, or in this case, the final straw. We've got a text in, and this is great news because we never get texts in. For the old drinky wink prices. Yeah, so most expensive drinks someone's had. 
And it was a short one, don't be wrong, yeah. from uh, <laughs> at Dave Price, or at Dave Price 144. Davey which, Pricey. Which sounds slightly like a fake account. Yeah. Um, he said that he paid uh, £7.39, uh, £7.35 for a beer. <laughs> Where? <laughs> Didn't give us much details uh, on that. Okay, well, that sounds good. If anyone else has got, can beat that price for 7.35 then get in touch and like you've got to give us where you know yeah. like give us something to play with people. <laughs> like I appreciate that I really do Dave I, you know I'll send you a mug if you want I mean you send se- your address in or the the name of the place 735 you are talking kind of West End he's probably Mayfair yeah he's probably somewhere in the King's Row with yeah. his mate Giles yeah yeah and just having a good time but more we need more, more. and on that we're gonna have a quick song and it is my close friend Rihanna. Oh, yeah. With when Disturbia. is she next coming on the radio? She'll be in not next week, the week after. <laughs> yeah. So listen out. Just tell your mates about it, really. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting are ready you, to sing are along. You now doing it's a good song. song. All right, then. Mark's going to sing along. Bam, bam, bam. Oh. Bam, Have a lovely time. You're listening to Shunny Buick and Sam Pekan. Mark Ellings. Come back in a sec. Why do I feel like this? Listening to Sam Peck and Mark Ellings on Shouldn't You Be Working every Sunday, 1 to 3 pm on Wandsworth Radio. <coughs> Tell your mates. Wandsworth Radio, Tooting, Ballam, Battersea, Putney. Wandsworth Radio. And also, uh, we do a podcast version of this. If you can't listen every Sunday, yeah. uh, go to iTunes, Deezer, Podcast Addict, Stitcher. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe because it makes it easier for marketing purposes for yeah, us. Defos. But, Sam. Ashby, was it? Yeah, Ashby. Exactly. Ashby. I don't know why it was called Ashby. Well, is that not an area? No, because it was in Shirley, Southampton. But Ashby is referring to the youth club or youth centre that I used to go to. Mm. And I would firmly put myself in the cool kids club when I was there. But how many people were at the club? I'd probably say there was about 40 kids. Yeah? Yeah. Maybe less, actually. Probably about 30. Yeah. I know there's not a massive but, difference. I mean, in terms of like, I mean, you're saying you're the cool kid of the club, but like in... C- global status that you're probably the lamest person for going to that club absolutely yeah wouldn't yeah. deny that no and also <coughs> uh, when I was there and this is probably when I was about 10 10 years old oh very yeah. young very young 10 I used to go there most summers actually it's a couple summers in a row is that where you summered yeah summered <laughs> in Ashby and Shirley in Southampton um, when most people were off yeah you know, Monaco Monaco Geneva where are you summering this year I'm going to a dirty little uh, youth club in Ashby and we used to use the school next door's playground and that was wicked actually no, yeah, <laughs> that was that was sick. I cannot complain. Could we use your playground. <laughs> Do you mind, Mister? Oh, you know what was amazing about it, actually. So on the right of it was this school school that we could access their playground, which yeah. was legit. And then on the <laughs> other side was like a milk factory or like a milk <laughs> distribution centre. You mean a dairy? A dairy, exactly. With, with the cows knocking no, around there? No ca- cows. So it was more. I more say it was a 
milk distribution center. A milk distribution, like a supermarket. <laughs> kind of, the, it's a Tesco. It was called a Tesco, it's like Tesco? No, but it had like hundreds and hundreds of bottles of milk, like thousands of bottles of milk everywhere. Look at all also, this milk. <laughs> <laughs> Look all, can we drink it, sir? <laughs> I've never seen so much milk in my life. Wow. Is it whole fat? <laughs> My mum never lets me have whole fat. Is it golden top? <laughs> Just when it's in the winter and I get the cream off the top, it makes <laughs> you put it on me, frost, me frosties. It's amazing. It's the only way we get through winter. <laughs> Extra fat, sew me in for the winter. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> shut up. Uh, we, they, they had a little shop that sold fridges because they'd also distribute fridge. Yeah. And Oh, the milkshake. The milkshake. Yeah, yeah. And quite often, especially in the summer, they wouldn't sell enough of it, or whenever it would be, and they'd come round <laughs> and give us like forty milks, uh, forty fridges yeah. that were all kind of on the turn. <laughs> and it'd be like, yeah, it'd be like, <laughs> you know, like the triple caramel ones. <laughs> exactly, like the disgusting ones that no one ever wanted. Hearts like, <laughs> please no more. Um, and that's when my dad would give me packed lunches of. Uh, he'd go get me like a Ginster's pie. Yeah, oh, <laughs> gives us by a boost. Where and were like a bottle of were you, were you Working down a mine or something. <laughs> but that's Pasty and whole milk <laughs> for me down the mine. Is it Christmas? <laughs> Pasty whole one for me. <laughs> I didn't have to show me, brother Kev. <laughs> <For> little Sam. <laughs> but that's literally what it was, and I remember all the other kids would just have like a sandwich that their parents made me. I'd be there with like everything <laughs> shop bought, and like a bottle of doggy pee. <laughs> Microwave the kingfish. You kid. Oh, me are. Um, but the other thing as well, one of the people who worked at Ashby was this lovely woman called Sharon. But Sharon was legitimately a heroin addict. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like an ex heroin addict. And like she'd be there. You know, like picture a heroin addict. Yeah. She would be looking at the children all day. Yeah. And it was like me and her. And like she'd always be like smoking out the front and stuff. And I'd be like, Hey, can I get like a glass of milk? <laughs> and I? she'd be like, oh. Can you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> glass yeah. of milk. Look next door, mate. And you're like, oh, I nearly forgot. <laughs> yeah, there's all the milk you can drink. Have you ever had gold top milk? No. Nah. What's good? the highest top you've gone? I just go whole blue. You do can, That's what you drink at home. Oh, no, not at home. That's mad. <laughs> crazy <laughs> to I drink know. that. I had one at work the other day that was a. Uh, a whole milk flat white and it was like drinking a pint of ice cream yeah I know that's <laughs> I had a coffee the other day where they used whole milk and I was literally like I felt full by the end of it. <laughs> like, no more thanks uh, no I'm fully skinned bro you full skin yeah red top Casey's skin have you ever had 1% what's that I is that the orange top? That's the orange the top. The elusive orange top. <laughs> ooh, how, ooh, how fancy, how dangerous. It was. I've had it before. Pretty pretty rad. <laughs> pretty rad. <laughs> I, I mean, we could do a whole thing on milks because it is quite interesting. We should Gold, get a dairy man on. Get a, what, a farmer? Or a milkman. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favourite milk? And he's like, I'm so sick of seeing milk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to kill again. <laughs> <laughs> again? Every day, you know, red you, top, you, blue top, I don't care. You know, you can dissolve a whole body in a pint of milk. <laughs> it takes about 30, 32 days for the decay process in a pint of milk. You're like, what? <laughs> Why are you telling us this? <laughs> oh. I can get rid of anything in my milk van. Milk van. Battery powered, those milk vans. You oh, ever, do you, well, That's like... 
Disney. Elon Musk, isn't it? Yeah. They, they had the future. They were like, we're not going to get here, that petrol up. We're just going to stop coughing in the stop mic. <laughs> we're going to go just straight for electro vehicles. This is the one to tie in with clubbing. You know when you're back way too late when you hear the <laughs> behind you and it's the milkman like, you disgust me. And you're like, I'm trying my best. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I bought a, I used to, we used to buy milk off the milkman when we came home. From a night out back home, really? Because he used to come. He used to do the round at like three a.m. and we'd be like, "Come on, give us a bottle." <laughs> and it's like seventy p. And we're like, "This is the best ever." And then you take a big sip when you're like so drunk, you're like, "Whoa!" <laughs> 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 like instantly curdle. Um, so tunage, tunage. I think we'll go for what a little bit of Kelly Clarkson. Of course. Since you've been gone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy. Here's the thing. We started our friends. It was cool. Since you've been gone. Since you've been gone. Since you've been And you're back with Sam Peck and Mark Hellings on Shouldn't You Be Working, which is on Wandsworth Radio. Yes. Every Sunday, 1 till 3 p.m., prime time if you're cooking a roast. Yeah, lovely little roasty roasty. Having a little roast. As the potatoes go in, pop on the radio. Can you hear something? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we're supposed to be on the radio. Wait a sec. Something's (laughs) playing. Oh, and that is... Some kind of interview that I don't know how to stop playing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, we can talk over the interview, I suppose. Probably mind-blowing for people listening to it, having this to keep up with two different <laughs> tracks. <laughs> I'm going to maybe try and delete this. Giving people, a, <laughs> giving people a migraine. <laughs> I mean, so. Oh, no. Wait. It, no. <laughs> it's how 1 till 3 p.m. <laughs> You've just put in your potatoes. You're thinking, when did the carrots start? If you've frozen the carrots, then maybe give it 10 to 15 minutes. <laughs> Have you found out what you're doing? No, let's just try and do this. I'm going to drop this in here and hope for the best. So we're now doing, oh shit, there is something playing that I don't know how to stop. <laughs> um, this, nah, professional. Uh, so essentially. Are we, we are, doing I'll Show You Mine? We'll do I'll Show You Mine. So let's just go to the song. I'll Show You Mine is where I like dance music and Mark likes. All other musics. All other musics. And I can, I can hear it. Can you hear it? <laughs> no, just carry on, man. All right. Um, and I give Mark a dance song to listen to, and he gives me a rock song to listen to, and then we rate it. So this week, I'm giving you York on the Beach. So let's have that. Never heard it. Wow, 
That is such a huge tune. And by the way, guys, sorry for kind of losing my mind five seconds ago. You're listening to Sam Peck and Mark Ellings on Shouldn't You Be Working on Wandsworth Radio every Sunday, 1 till 3 p.m. Um, but if you were listening two seconds ago, you probably heard me thinking I could hear a voice. <laughs> I'm not losing my mind. I was just playing a previous podcast episode on my phone and I thought it was coming out of these speakers. Yeah, I know. And you were like, everyone, what's going on? Can you hear a noise? And I'm like, mate, we're literally on the radio right now. <laughs> but that was York on the beach. And what do you think? Take me to that lovely beach, Sam, because I want to go with you. Because <laughs> I'm not going to lie, that song is what... If you ever see me walking around the tube or anything, like any time of day, that's kind of what's just playing on repeat in my head. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an old banger, right? Yeah. It's a club classic. It's, it's kind of the music that I think made Ibiza big. Yeah. Like, it d- I mean, I've never been to Ibiza, but if I was going to, I know I'm trying to sit down whilst talking <laughs> on the radio. Yeah, Mark is classic doing his weird little alpha thing where he like moves around the whole time and like he's just clanging chairs whoa, about. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> where gonna, am I? <laughs> that's going to be horrible to hear. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is literally the music of Ibiza, the uh, White Isle. Yeah, I mean, uh, the White Isle, is that what it's called? That's what it's called, yeah. And it's such a magical place. You do need to go. I know. I, d- I mean, even if I don't like all this music, I feel like I'd have a good time. You'd have, like, the most sensational time. Um, but, yeah, that's the song that just kind of brings me joy at any time of the day. And well, like, well, how, much, how often are you listening to this song? To be fair, I recently rediscovered it yesterday. I was going to say, Beefa. Beefa, Beefa, inside the place. They don't do that. It sounds like a Ministry of Sound album that yeah. would be on, like a compilation. Sounds of Beefer, 2006. No, I think that's literally like Sounds of Beefer, 2001 to maybe even 1995. You know, like, it's early. <laughs> early. At the same time, I don't know. But that is a massive tune. York on the Beach, have a listen. What do you give it out of 10? Um, I, well, I would give that an 8. It's very listenable. Would listen again. Nice. Wouldn't kick, it out. Wouldn't kick it out of bed. <laughs> no, me either. And let's go to your song. Do you want to introduce it? Uh, is it Out of My Mind by The Killers? It is. Let's have a listen. And critique it in a minute. Critiquing, making. This is. A oh, I'm already, tune, I'm already bored of it. I think. No, no, no. The killers out of my mind. Brandon Flowers putting in a stunning effort as he always does. Not gonna lie, <coughs> that sounds like if a rock band tried to make a early Daft Punk song. <laughs> that's that's well, but that's a good thing. And also, it reminded me a lot of a 1980s teen film where Brad and Cindy had just argued because Brad saw Buck and Cindy flirting in home ec. Yeah. And the the whole scene with that song playing is where. Brad's uh, walking along uh, the football field, like kicking dirt, looking sad. Yeah. Cindy's in her room crying, and Buck's just with another girl. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, bow, bow. Oh, we're falling. Uh, and it Buck's there going, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, chill out. The, um, it's like, well, do you watch Stranger Things? Yeah, it's exactly. It could be, it could be set to the entirety of that. I'm not going to lie. And I, I know I was just taking the mickey a bit but that is probably the best song you've ever played <laughs> it is a truly sensational song it's Brandon Flowers man he's an absolute hit factory god he 
really is. Imagine having the capabilities I to know. make those kind of chinage. Also different. Well, I mean, a lot of the albums are the same, but occasionally, like that one, that's not just your generic killer's rock. No. That's him going nuts on a keyboard. And like just having like the best time probably as well. Like I know. bros just being like, this is sick. And can you imagine being in the killers? Like I know like people are like, killers aren't a real rock band. But if you were like, I'm the front man of the killers, it's going to get you places. And also, you know what? Those people who say that the killers aren't a real rock band, they don't know what music is, bro. <laughs> That's what I just want to say. And you know what? The Killers were in the OC. Did you know that? Really? Yeah. They're like early Killers have like a weird little uh, cameo in it <laughs> because they have loads of cool bands in the OC. And like Killers was one of them that just became absolutely massive. Oh, can we? Can you find the OC theme tune? Oh, oh we've been on I'm not going to lie. If it's not here, I will find it. <laughs> um, or we'll leave the radio. Or we'll leave the station. So you heard that directors... <laughs> You've heard our demands. <laughs> we um, want that one song. And as it's top of the hour, we need to play Pitbull. Give me everything. What's your song? My joke. Rate my song. Oh, your song. I'd absolutely give that a ten out of ten. Yeah. I'd, I'd never give ten out of tens. But that song, I'm gonna download that song and listen to it and maybe cry because <laughs> it's amazing. Now enjoy Pitbull after the jingle. <laughs> So to tie in, you're back with Sam Peck and Mark Ellings on Shouldn't You Be Working? Find us on iTunes as well, the podcast. Podcast, iTunes, just download it. It's really easy and yeah. super fun. Because I know that a lot of people can't sit at their radios for two hours. It's not Victorian. Yeah, it's Victoria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do can't. Victorians have? Uh, don't know, mate. We can look into it, do an episode on it. Uh, it's what, History of Radio? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> do you reckon that's ever been done? Maybe. I don't think it's ever been BBC done. BBC Radio 4 probably all over that. Like yeah, that. they've probably got like a, an hour of that every week. Yeah. Definitely. And they are dipping into the minutiae yeah. of radio. Welcome to the History of Radio. This week on uh, White Noise. <laughs> <laughs> that was white, white Noise for an hour and five minutes. Um <laughs> Quick one on White Noise. <laughs> um, and we'll talk about who made that Pitbull song in a second to tie it back into the yeah. clubbing theme tune. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was doing my dissertation and any kind of uni work, I would always listen to White Noise to cancel out any other oh, kind of sounds. I, I've heard of people do that because they use it to go to sleep in that. But doesn't that... It drives me mental. Like, no, it's, <laughs> it's literally like... Oh, it's, it's celestial sounds from being honest and I must have listened to that like 500 times but I, all it does is because my mind's like so I'm like hyper crazy yeah. like crazy. so much going on inside this head I just need something to cancel all that I just need to like balance out the yin to my yang yeah. like if I'm not thinking about like a new iPhone I'm thinking about another great idea and I'm literally designing the new iPhone as we speak the iPhone 11 the iPhone 11 and you know what the biggest technology in it is what Prince tickets Prince Prince tickets <laughs> yeah nice yeah. so nice. if you need a ticket you need the paper. Um, yeah, load it up. It's <laughs> huge. It's a big... That thing is about the same size as a normal printer. <laughs> yeah, nice. I'd love to see how that goes. Lord of the Rings is what I listen to what? when I studied. <laughs> the only thing with that is that that's surely so distracting. No, nah, well, because you can't have lyrics when you revise. That's a yeah. absolute... 
but so Lord of Rings didn't. Oh. But then also, it's super chill, most of it. It's like, doo, 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 doo. but then eventually it'd be like a scene where like an orc's chasing someone and it's like, bum, 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 and you're like revising like, my God, what's about to happen? <laughs> yeah. But I thought for a second that you were saying you were listening to the audiobook. No, and that, yeah. that would have been the most difficult <laughs> thing to work to. Like looking at like a, a chemical formula, and it's like Frodo, and you're like, what? Is, like it's so hard. <laughs> my brain. I, I can't use my brain multifunctionally. But that song we were just listening to, Pitbull. Yeah. So I mean, because Pitbull, I mean, he's not liked, is he? But then it's one of those people where it's like he doesn't care, does he? Because he's probably got a billion pesos. What? He's <laughs> I'd, yeah, I'd say, is that Mexican currency? Is it, or is it Brazilian? He's Brazilian. No, he's Mexican. It? Oh, really? He is. He was, he was a Mexican uh, pop star beforehand. Was he? Yeah, uh, not pop star, Mexican soap star. Uh, that yeah. makes sense. So, because he looks him. like one, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But he, I mean, he, I think he's one of the highest paid musicians in the world now. I wouldn't put it past him. And, but the thing is, the reason we played that song and why it ties in with the whole theme of clubbing this week is because Pitbull obviously didn't make that absolute chart back. I was going to say. It was made by Afrojack. Do you know who Afrojack is? I know who. Is that a duo? No, he's a one Dutch guy who, like, kind of bought Dutch house to the masses. Oh, really? Yeah. Is Dutch House with the masses? Yeah. Well, it did for for a little bit in 2010. Oh, yeah? With songs like that. Yeah. Because that is technically Dutch House. You know, that... It's so good. I mean, if Pitbull wasn't talking over it, it'd be amazing. Yeah. Him just going... Uno, dos, tres, you know I want you. I went to a party dressed as Pitbull once. Really? Yeah, ball Is that appropriate? Yeah, oh, <laughs> yes. I'd say it is. It just a ball, did you just have a ball cap on and a, and a shirt that was unbuttoned down to your navel? Exactly. So what I had was like a black shirt, black suit, bald cap, and like drew a, a little, little goatee on. Yeah. And I did look amazing, but everyone just said, are you wearing a condom on your head? And I was like, ha, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm Pitbull. I'm Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> no, Mr. Like, Worldwide! But I went to a party, a 30-year-old's party, and everyone who was there was actually pretty much older than 30 mm. and for some reason that whole party no one knew who Pitbull was so really? everyone was like who are you dressed as and I'd be like if this was a party full of people my age 24 to any younger or older yeah. give or take two years I'd say you would know who Pitbull was do you reckon that's going to start happening with uh, you soon us soon I mean we're basically the same age but you make me seem so much older <laughs> I'm having a crisis because Every time I talk to you, like, oh, I forgot that you're 26. Like, I'm like some absolute dinosaur trying to like use a typewriter. You are old. <laughs> you know, in uh, I was watching Pineapple Express last night. Yeah. Guess how old Seth Rogen is in that film? Uh, see, this is going to be depressing. Huh? Is he like 25 as well? He's 25 in that yeah. film, which is so depressing. Well, he's done so much. Yeah, and like, I don't know if he was 25 or he, he was definitely playing a 25 year old. Yeah. But, like, even the fact that he was playing a 25-year-old, he looks about 45. But that always happens in, like, the in-betweeners. Those guys yeah. were actually 25 when they were playing 16-year-olds. That's they? what they had to stop, I think, because they all started to, like, they couldn't control the beards, and they're playing, like, six-formers. Yeah, and it's like, mm, weird. And there was also in, I think it's either the OC or one of those other ones, like Gilmore Girls or Gossip mm. Girl. I think it was Gossip Girl. Yeah. Some of the characters were played by 24-year-olds. Yeah. Who were supposed to be 18. Some of them were like 29, yeah. and some of them were literally 18. Yeah, so yeah. So you had like a huge varying of ages. But and what? when they did a 10 years later episode, obviously the people who were 18 at the time looked like they should do. Yeah. And then there were the people who were like 30 at the time, and now like 
Oh, <laughs> whoa, that was savage. <laughs> yeah. Savage 10 years. <laughs> Those 10 years look more like 25. But um, OC, the the protagonist, the bloke, he was actually, like, wasn't he so young? He was like 16 or something. Was he actually 16 when he was doing like it? Like Ryan or whatever. What yeah. was his name? Ryan. And, and who's the guy that all the girls were like, he's the best looking one? Is it Seth? Seth, yeah. He really bought the Lacoste polo shirt look. To the masses. To the masses. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm not going to lie, that look... Well, his his look is amazing, and the girl he talks to in that Rachel Bilson is probably the most attractive girl in the world. Is she the main, like, kind of the main female character? No. So that I watched the whole of the OC last year <laughs> with my friend Casey, so I know a lot about this. And someone, so whilst watching it, I was at the Mega Bowl, the Peckham, not Peckhamplex, the one in Elephant Castle. Uh, the oh, the arcade, the arcade, and they've got a bowling alley. The horrible, weird arcade. Oh, I love it. It's fun, but scary. it's scary. Yeah, scary. people are just like kids are smoking in the toilets, yeah. and you're like, get me out of here. <laughs> um, but whilst I was there, I was talking to someone who I didn't really know that well at the time, and I was saying, oh, I'm watching the OC at the moment. And he went, isn't it annoying when this is the ending? And I was like, you've ruined the ending. <laughs> like he was like, oh, I thought you'd seen it, and I was like, I'd literally just said. But to be fair to him, I mean, when did it come out? There should be a statute of limitations on spoilers like that. Yeah, but someone also ruined, um, what's that film? Uh, not film, the series Breaking Bad for me. Really? Yeah, my other housemate just went, oh, this is the ending. And I was like, why would you say that? I'm watching, actually I had a break in it, but like, a break of like two months. But it's like, just don't ruin the ending of any film, I think. But that is also a decade old. I mean, you really need to catch up a little bit. Yeah, but... I mean, Netflix is bringing out a murder mystery series every single week. Tr trust me, <laughs> I'm watching all of them with my girlfriend, voluntarily. I'm loving so, them. What do you want to watch tonight? And then Charlotte's like, there's another murder mystery out. And you're like, oh, really? Netflix are really doubling down on those murder mysteries. They are not mucking about. <laughs> um, but we will play this quick song in a salute to the OC. And then we do have our interview with DJ Mongo and club owner, uh, Gary Benetton. Mm -hmm. Um in coming up in the next 15 minutes I'd say yeah. so stick around for that because that is actually very insightful it tells you what it's like to be a DJ uh, how to make music do you have to play an instrument do you have to do various uh, things. things like how late are you staying up when you're DJing so yeah. that's all coming up but first things first let's go for a bit of Phantom Planet Tunage Could you hit me with that sweet Tunage alright let's go for it bye Driving in the sun, looking out for number one. California, here we come, right by California. That song genuinely fills me full of so much joy. I know. Emotional. Yeah. Emotional tears. Just, just quick on that one. I don't know if this is even an interesting story, but I was in San Fran last year, driving down the coast of Cali, <laughs> listening to that song, and there's a video of me nearly crying. That's pathetic. Uh, Americans watching you guys do that must have been like, that's the lamest thing. It's like going down Oxford Circus playing <laughs> the big like, Mr. Bean theme tune. <laughs> <laughs> what is Mr. Bean's theme tune? I don't know. Oh, it'd be like... 
<laughs> like 007. <laughs> you kid, but me and my dad have done that. Oh, Literally like bang, 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 bang. Oh, one thing that's quite jokes. When I was a kid, I tried to do guitar lessons. Oh no, it's not even my story. I'm going to pretend it's mine. Um, I did uh, guitar lessons. Like yeah. ding, 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 ding. And that's the first thing you learn. Is it? Yeah. It's and quite hard. I know. <laughs> Someone was telling me that they went to a, like a, a year seven guitar lesson the, like display so yeah. loads of kids were like <laughs> in unison <laughs> trying to play <laughs> ding 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 and apparently they were literally like it was the first thing he's ever heard because it was like ding bling, ding on and like everyone was at different times and it was like it must was, have been slightly <laughs> creepy as well ding ding I played that. did you did you try to play an instrument no, no. I, I, I had grade one trumpet <laughs> and I think my mum stopped me because I'd just be in my bedroom like <laughs> <laughs> just like please shut up it's cool trumpet though very cool <laughs> it has a spit receptacle on a trumpet and then you have to empty it as yeah well. like you undo it and it's like a load of gob comes out just mag in it we drink it um but i think because we've been talking about clubs so loosely <laughs> today oh we got another text in and guys, come on, like, give us some more. Actually, we've actually had one text from our guest last week, Max McBridge. Um, and just to say, the podcast version of that one is up right now as well, if you're interested in listening and you missed last week's episode. Yeah. Uh, he texted in saying the most expensive drink he's ever had was a glass of, where is it? Here we go. Uh, it's a glass of Rothschild wine, and it costs £40 a glass. Whoa. Which actually does trump my... Twenty-three pounds for a gin and tonic. Well done. Well done. You win the prize, which is a mug that we'll send you. Yes. Um, but any more, give us a text in, and we'll shout it out. But I think what we'll do to tie in with the clubbing theme, and you are listening to "Shouldn't You Be Working" with Sam Peck and Mark Hellings, where we talk to people with dream jobs to find out if the expectation meets the reality, or the reality meets the expectation. Either way, you get the gist. Uh, and today we spoke to Gary Benetton, who is one half of DJ Mongo and the other half a club owner in Southampton, and we've had a pre-recorded interview, so shall we hit it? Let's play that part one, and Let's hope go. to almighty that it plays. Let's really hope it works. Good luck. Gary Benetton is one half of High Tide Records' duo Mongo. The DJ and producing duo Mongo have supported the likes of Carl Cox, Jamie Jones, and Improve Armada. Cool. Alongside this, he part-owns the best club in Southampton, Switch. Uh, welcome to Shouldn't You Be Working, Gary. How's it going? Very well, thank you for having me. Anytime, anytime, really do appreciate it. Um, so, one question we will ask all of our guests, uh, depending on, or regardless of the job they do, is what are your normal working hours, uh, in your case as a DJ, I suppose? Uh, so, I guess the DJ part can vary, really, depending on what set time we have. So, it can be anything from, on a usual sort of club night, any time between 10pm and 6 a.m. Uh, generally out of that sort of time scale we, we, we sort of do 90 minutes to, to two hours but we prefer sort of to play longer so yes yeah, so it's quite a varied time so 10 till 6 though yes Easy. but we don't have we're not generally I mean it's, it's quite a job in the DJ certainly not grasping on tools between that time it's kind of just 90 minutes sandwiched somewhere between in those times on a club night is kind of where we're at so one thing I did notice like, so I've jumped in a, a few questions ahead here, but we'll go back to it anyway. Um, so I went to see Mark Knight on Saturday night, and he was on at 4.30am. Um, but I went to see Mark Knight on Saturday night, 
and he was on at 4.30 a.m. So, like, what are you guys doing before uh, coming on at 4.30? <laughs> That's a very good question. I guess it sort of depends uh, on what kind of vibe we're into that evening or, or, or the, the type of act that's actually playing. So, I mean, you know, most DJ, well, I guess it varies. A lot of DJs will sleep, uh, particularly if it's a 4.30 a.m. set, um, particularly if we've got in on a late flight from abroad or wherever, wherever they've been. Sometimes people might go out and actually enjoy the party and, um, you know, try and hold on to 4.30 without peaking too early and, you know, and, and play their set. Other time, you know, you've got the sensible ones who sit in the hotel room or sit at home and go through tracks and, you know, and get themselves ready for the evening. So I guess it, it kind of varies, so it's not always just party, party beforehand, because like, no. I, I was actually partying till 4.30 and I was knackered at 4.30. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, can, it, it can be a long night. I mean, you know, I've been um, in a dry January and I'm actually now on the 6th of February, so I haven't had a drink since uh, New Year's Eve. Right. And it's very difficult yeah. to be um, in that environment. So, yeah, I, I sympathise. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, it's very difficult. Well, obviously... There's lots of good stuff, but what's your favourite part about being a DJ? I think, you know, I guess it's that, you know, when you really connect with a crowd, you know, there isn't a buzz like it, you know, people are sort of locked into what you're doing for, for that 90 minutes. It's just, you know, especially, you know, when it's got a good club and the vibe is right, it's just such a good feeling, such a buzz, you know, just connecting with that crowd, really, and, and just watching all those people sort of being totally in tune to what you're doing. Um, yeah, it's amazing. So cool. So I, I just wish I was a DJ. <laughs> um, and what's your like the worst part about being a DJ? I guess, I guess I think we talked about it earlier. It's you know there can be really late nights. You know there's unsociable hours. There's a lot of travelling. But I say it's a small price to pay for for doing something you enjoy. So so really there's not a great deal bad about it. If I'm honest. That's pretty cool. So that was the first part of our interview with Gary Benetton who is our resident DJ. Uh, well, he's not he's our not resident, our resident DJ. DJ. He's actually one half of DJ Mongo, who is a very cool DJ group uh, signed to High Tides Records. I think I'd said that in the intro already. But it's pretty cool the, the, what he was just saying then. Um, and I think we'll have a quick song and then go to the second part of the interview. So I hope you're enjoying it so far. <laughs> that cough. wasn't a swear word. That he wasn't did, a swear word. He just coughed. Like, coughed a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, enjoy <laughs> was Robbie our tiny campaign that's going on Williams on Wandsworth right yeah get him on Wandsworth radio we haven't decided why yet 
But he's I'm his biggest fan. Yeah, it'd be great. So now we're going back to uh, the interview with Gary Benetton, uh, one half of Mungo, the super DJ. So let's kick on part two, right? Let's go. I can't think much about it. And I, I just love listening to it. You know, that, that's about it, really. Um, and one question that I know a lot of people who would like to be DJs or producers uh, probably want to know is, do you have to play an instrument to be a successful producer? No, not at all. No, I think, you know, you, I think as long as you practice, uh, you know, and you you work hard, you can do whatever you, you, you want to do. I think, you know, you've got to have a good ear for music. You know, and you've got to have a good ear for what sounds right and what sounds wrong. Uh, and you just got to practice. I mean, there's a lot of producers out there that can't play an instrument. You know, Mongo can't play an instrument. We just, you know, we just practice. We learn computer programs, etc., etc. et cetera. Uh, so you don't need to be a classically trained, you know, musician or know an instrument inside out. But you do have to practice. And you need to know what sounds good and what sounds bad. And then learn quickly. Otherwise, you won't sell any records or don't want to book you. Yeah. You say that about not knowing any instruments. I think when I was trying to make some music back when I was 17, no matter how much practice I put in, I was just absolutely <laughs> And I will bleep that. Um, yeah. I think, you know, there's so many, you know, you want to learn to play the piano. There's so, you know, there's so much resource on the internet. You can learn. There's nothing you can't learn if you look on the internet. It's just a case of applying yourself and, and, and doing it. So... Yeah, yeah, anyway, you, you just got to practice, you just got to work hard. And you mentioned uh, Mongo there, so I, me and my little brother Joe Peck, who I believe you know because he's friends with your daughter, is that right? That's right, yeah. yeah. T- tenuous link there. Um, <laughs> I believe that me and Joe were just sat around uh, around Christmas time and he said, have you heard this song? And it was Mongo, I'd heard of, is it Santa Monica? Is that the song? Which was I might be saying the Santa name. Carlo, Santa yeah, Carlo, yeah. One, one of earlier tracks, yeah. Yeah, absolute tune. I heard that when listening to Mark Knight's podcast on Sleeper. Uh, he was playing a Sleeper Hold song, heard High Tide Recordings. That's right, yeah. Um, but your new, is it your new song, Planet Mongo? No, it's a Planet Mongo. It's quite old now. Um, <laughs> Got it wrong. Sort of came out. Yeah, so we, uh, our latest release is um, called Spacewalker, um, which is, which, uh, uh, I'll plug this now, it's just come out on High Tide Recordings, actually, uh, at the end of last month um, and there's an Athia remix on there which is which is, is better than the original to be honest and there's another track over there called Bend the Knee nice um, so they're kind of our, our but we've literally got you know hundreds of records that are kind of waiting to be released and we've got um, a track called Blue Snaggletooth coming out on Knee Deep in Sound um, Hot Since 82's label uh, we've got something coming out on Alan Fitzpatrick's label with um, did you? What was the name of the one coming out? Blue Snaggletooth. Uh, Blue Snaggletooth. It's um, it's a, uh, it's a character from Star Wars. It's quite a difficult Star Wars figure to buy. As you know, we like all the sci-fi, and we should like Star Wars. So it was an apt name. It's a very difficult figure to collect. It's quite expensive. Yeah. So with Blue Snaggletooth, what was your kind of creative process behind it? If you can do it quickly, I know that there's a lot that goes into it. I think, you know, we, we just like making records we think we can play and at different times of the night. So, you know, we, Blue Snaggletooth is kind of a middle-of-the-night track. You know, it's not peak and it's not too early. So we kind of just try and write tracks and then we kind of kind of imagine ourselves on the dance floor and what the crowd are doing and, and that's kind of how we start, really. Um, 
until we can sort of get a groove going and it kind of you know expands from that so we're now going to have uh, some adverts quickly and apologies for the quick swear word there so we will go straight to some adverts now and join Space, the final frontier, or in this case, the final straw. Need more space? Need to declutter? Move in house? A bigger family? Bigger business? ABC Self Store has the answer and all the room you need. With up to 50% off your first eight weeks and no notice period, you pay only for the days you store with us. We're a family owned local business based in Wandsworth Trade Estate on Garrett Lane and we'll match any quote like for like and even offer you free van hire. At home or for your business, we make space for you. Store it with ABC Self Store. that was a song that goes out to Alex Peck uh, that was Britney Give Me More Britney Spears Give Me More because uh, she had recently just purchased tickets to go see her live and I'm very jealous about that um, but let's dive back into and you're listening to Shouldn't You Be Working with Sam Peck and Mark Ellings uh, let's dive back into the second half of our, or the third part of our interview with DJ Mongo aka Gary Benetton of Southampton's High Tide Recordings uh, so let's go straight into it it's very interesting on what it's like to be a DJ so I was looking at your, uh, uh, what was it called, uh, your Beatport kind of profile as well, and you've supported some huge names. Uh, I mentioned some of them earlier, like Groove Armada, Carl Cox. Um, who's the biggest DJ you've ever met, and what were they like? Uh, but Carl's obviously huge. Um, met Sven Vaff. Oh. Um, oh, Sasha Digweed, all those. I guess I, Idris Elba's probably, you know, probably the most famous, I would have thought, sort of globally in terms of, not necessarily being a DJ, but as a kind of superstar. Um, but, you know, luckily enough, I've been really, really nice. I know some of them can be divas, but, you know, I have to say, we've never really met anyone that's been unpleasant, which is which is good. Um, so I don't know if I continue. But, yeah, no, they've all been really nice. That's pretty cool. Um, and just the last question from me before we hand over to Mark. Uh any tips for people who want to get into DJing? Yeah, I think, yeah, like anything, it's practice. You've got to put the time in. You're not going to, you know, you, you'll only be a, you know, a poor to average DJ if you don't put the time in. You've got to put time in. I think, you know, you need to get to know your music. Um, really, really important. I think maybe not try and follow the, the pack and maybe try and develop your own style rather than copying everyone else. I think it's really important. Maybe get to, you know, 
tracks that not necessarily everyone else is playing. Um, I think learn to, you know, the, for me, you know, my kind of, I don't to, to sort of warm up a crowd and do the early slots before sort of doing main sort of peak time slots. And I think learning to warm up a crowd, not necessarily playing all the bangers, um, is, is a good way to start, you know, learn how to build a set. You know, just think about the DJs that are coming on after you. Don't just try and go for the glory. I think you get more credit for for kind of showing some restraint and just playing some sort of groovy tracks that set, that set the tone. I suppose you're right. Also, in, in what you're saying there, kind of uh, instead of just going for the big hits, because it might not be the right time of the night, etc. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, you, 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 know, you get sort of some young DJs that kind of don't really get well around, and you, you you're going at sort of 11 o'clock and they're literally pumping you know tracks out 128 BPMs and they're just playing the top 10 beatport tracks it, it, you know and I just don't think they'll get the best out of of where they want to be by doing that I think that the artist is playing tracks that people don't know and getting them to react I think in my mind and you know so there's a lot of great music out there it's kind of digging through it and finding it and trying to hone your own kind of sound rather than following anyone else and I think getting yourself out is really important. You know, get to know promoters, get to, you know, listen to other DJs and, and just kind of get involved and, and in practice and practice more. The right. You're listening to Sam Peck and Mark Ellings. And that was DJ Mongo, a.k.a. Gary Benetton of High Tide Recordings, a.k.a. the owner of Switch in Southampton as well, just taking us through the life and times of a DJ producer and club owner, and it's a pretty cool interview as well. He's a pretty cool dude. Um, but as you just heard, we, are, we don't have our producer here today, so it's a little bit rough around the edges. <laughs> Hope you don't mind. But I think we're going to go to a song because we're tight for time. Uh, this is our probably go-to group it's take that with prey it's sam peck and mark elling on shouldn't you be working on wandsworth radio uh, every Sunday, one till three, we are in the midst of an interview with Gary Benetton, one half of DJ Mongo from High Tides Recordings, Southampton-based label. And he also owns the club Switch as a plug, and it's a sweet club. Go check it out. Uh, we will dive into the fourth part of the interview. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good to me, and I'm going to go treat myself to a wee. <laughs> so thank that, that was, that was, that's my part of the questioning concluded. Mark, I believe you've got a few. And then we might play a very quick game with you afterwards, if that's all right. So, I mean, I'm coming at this from someone who doesn't really go to that many DJ events, so minor basic questions. When I see big sets, there's always like a huge gang of people behind the decks, not just the DJ. What is that gang of people doing? Are they just hype men, or is there something else going on? You know, sometimes it's just liggers, all your mates, some, you know, sometimes in the booth. You know, some events, they're really strict. It might just be a sound technician. Um, sometimes other DJs that are waiting to go on. Sometimes, you know, it's, where it's literally a free-for-all and you get customers behind the <laughs> DJ booth. It, it depends really where it is. 
Um, um, most of the times it's blaggers, I would suggest. <laughs> <laughs> and fair enough. And then my final question, because I'm always interested in people in the music beers, what's like the best rider or the best freebies you guys have seen, like either for you guys or someone else on the night? Yeah, yeah, Mike, Mike was amazing. Yeah, that, that, I mean, what a, what a guess. You don't. Um, yeah, it was really funny. You don't ask for any small uh, animals yourself. Uh, only hamsters generally, but um, <laughs> you know, if <laughs> we take you know a rhinoceros or an elephant, but you know they're quite difficult shit. But <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, the best sort of the I guess the, the best thing we've ever had is a um, some of these limited edition Star Wars socks that we really tried to get. We couldn't get them, so I managed to get them for us. actually for me before we play the quick game which is going to be rate or hate okay um yeah is do djs like david guetta tiesto and all these boys because they've got huge pyrotechnic displays are they playing live uh it depends you know some you know, most of them do i mean yeah i mean but it's all sequence so they've you know they, they know you know there's a, a running order of, of what's going to be triggered when, when in terms of lighting you know it'll be when this track comes in 30 seconds in, we're going to drop, you know, pyrotechnic CO2 or whatever. So, you know, for bigger sort of stage shows like that, they have probably their own, um, you know, seconds, you know, sound. And, um, they might still do, choose to do that live. Um, but, yeah, it's all very choreographed. And, you know, nothing, you know, when, when you get to their level, you can't take anything by chance. It's, you know, there's, you know... People are there for the show, aren't they? Fans. So essentially, uh, that was just quite interesting hearing about, you know, how, thank you, Mark, uh, how like even the big DJs like Tiesto, Armin van Buren and stuff do play live, but it's just incredibly choreographed. Um, and because we're running out of time and Mark's destroying the studio <laughs> around us, we'll just go to a quick song, which is Ziggy Stardust by David Bowie. Is it? Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. That's a good tune, then. All right, should we rock to it? Let's rock to it. Why are you asking Once me? Was radio. So glad that's over. <laughs> <laughs> I hate David Bowie. That goes out to my friend's dog called Ziggy, named because he's got it's got he's got the uh, lightning patch going down his face. You know, really? yeah, an actual lightning patch. An actual lightning patch. That's a lie. It's not an actual lightning <laughs> patch. <laughs> I know I'm a fraud. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got a shout out as well. We asked earlier in the show, "What's the most expensive drink you've bought out clubbing?" And my friend spent ten pounds on a beer in Iceland. 
What? Yeah. But oh, Iceland. oh, Iceland, the country. No, not the, not the country. No, because I was going to say there's nothing for ten pounds in oh, the whole yeah, of Iceland. Thousand beers. Yeah, but we're going to go to the last part of the interview. Who we've been speaking to, Gary Benetton, aka DJ Mongo from High Tides Recording, Southampton-based DJ, and he also owns the club Switch. He's played alongside people like Pete Tong, Carl Cox, Jamie Jones. You name it, he's done it. Salado, whatevs, the peeps that are current and banging. So let's go to the last part where we play a quick game with him. So just quickly then, with this game, I hope you don't mind playing. And I hope you no, can play it. And if you don't want to play it, it's fine. Um, no, let's do it. It's called Rate or Hate. And essentially, we're just going to give okay. you a couple DJs and say if you rate or hate them, okay? Okay, cool. All right, so I'll start. <laughs> I don't know how many I'm going to be able to say, but we'll, we'll, we'll have a go. All right. All right. I'll start. Mark Knight. Uh, so what's, what's it? Uh, rate no. or hate? Right or hate? Right. Uh, DJ Sammy. Hate, really. Sorry. <laughs> DJ da- Sammy. David Getter. Uh, hate, sorry, but he's done very, very well. Uh, and I'm jealous. Diplo. Right. Oh, okay. Why? Because the producer... Sorry, that, that wasn't part of the question. Uh... Next one. Yeah, I think he's a good he's a good producer. I like you know he kind of he's, he's I don't know he's not necessarily always following the same yeah, kind I'll... of or, or do you know what I mean he mixes it up a bit. Yeah, and his early stuff's wicked. Um, yeah. What about uh, Sonny Federa? Right. Mm, and uh, Scooter. Oh, you know what I'm gonna say, don't you? Yeah, I hate. I mean, I'm not, <laughs> yeah. sorry again, Scooter. I don't hate anyone, to be honest, but uh, as it's uh, for the game, I will, I will in, indulge. But yeah. yeah. And then last one, Armin Van Buren. I'd say right, you know, because he's done really, really well. His music, yeah, you know, there's some elements of his music I really like. Me so, too. Yeah. I absolutely, he's one of my favourite DJs. I love trance, though, so. Yeah, I, I love trance. And um, I think that's probably all we have time for. So thank you so much, Gary. Uh, one half of Mongo, High Tide record, uh, Recordings, uh, duo, DJ Powerhouse. Uh, so thanks. I hope you enjoyed that. I really, really enjoyed it, apart from the hate and rape bit. Um, <laughs> but yes, it was really, really good. And thank you very much for having me. Thank you very much. No problem. All right, cheers, Gary. Bye. And we're back in. So that was the interview we had with DJ uh, Mongo, a.k.a. Gary Benetton from Southampton. He's signed to High Tide Recordings. You just heard me say all of this five seconds ago. You've got to stop playing with the mic, I didn't do that. That was you that hit the mic. That was you. and You you, just hit the cable. You know it, Mark. You're a naughty little man. Um, But thank you for listening to Shouldn't You Be Working every Sunday. 1 till 3 p.m. We're available as a podcast as well on... iTunes, Deezer, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Podcast Addict. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. That's it. But there's quite a few things there. Um, but please tell your friends about it if you like it, because we want to, you know, spread the love. Um, and let us get Robbie Williams on the radio station. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a perk. That'll be a huge perk. And I forgot to say that it was Dan Cooklin smith who told about the £10 beer in Iceland. Um, I don't think I said his name. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so I hope you enjoyed it and see you guys next week, one till three on Sunday. What are we playing out with? We're going to play out with an absolute club classic to tie in with the theme of clubbing. It's King of My Castle, the Whammer Project. Not this. That's no, coming. Okay. <laughs>
enjoy have a nice weekend guys bye bye